Welcome to Securing Digitalization, the Siemens Cybersecurity Podcast. Our hosts, Natalia Oropesa and Mirko Ross. Hello, fantastic to be in this episode. My name is Mirko Ross and... and this is Natalia Oropesa, Chief Cybersecurity Officer for Siemens. And today we have a rather interesting topic. It's digital sabotage. And I think this is also a very important topic for you at Siemens, Natalia. But before we start, uh, I would like to know a little bit more about you personally. So Natalia, can you tell me what is your maiden name? Well, question back to you, Mirko. I am wondering why is this information important for you? <laughs> well, you got me here. Um, this is a little exercise because we see that sabotage is a complex attack and it often starts with social engineering, like identifying targets, collecting information of them, and then use the information to, for example, access credentials. And we have seen that a lot yeah. in the past, isn't it? That's absolutely correct, and uh, and uh, and that's that's a very good recommendation for the persons listening to us. Uh, you have to provide as much information as needed and as less information as possible, so that you are safe these days. Yes, and be aware. I think so. The bad guys are listening everywhere. So. Let me come to your personal experience, because I think you are as well a person which is inside Siemens exposed to this kind of attacks and attempts. And um, can you tell a little bit more about yeah. your experience with sabotage? Yeah. Let, let me start by defining what sabotage means. And um, sabotage means uh, that the attackers are compromising the integrity of the information or the integrity of the data. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, let me give you a small, very concrete example of what what does it mean. Um, mm -hmm. For instance, you and me, for, for sure, we have medical records, and those records contain information about us. In my case, you will find uh, a record that says that I am, yes, allergic to penicillin. Yeah, okay. So if that small record and that small word get changes, That will change the integrity of the information. And because it is a small change and it's not changing at the end of the day the functionality of anything, mm -hmm. and we will not be able to recognize that until I really <laughs> I am in a in a in a position of needing penicillin and uh, that changes can change in fact my life and have uh, fatal consequences. This is this is what we call the integrity of the information. And the sabotage will attempt or compromise that integrity of that information. Yeah. And it's maybe like in your example, because I think it's a good example. So it shows that as an attacker, you, you maybe need to change a little bit of a small portion of the information and you can create a massive impact. Uh, so cool example. And it's a question of life and death. Maybe. So that's the big question. How can we defend that and how yes. can we avoid that? Yes, in order to defend that, you have to have a, a, a holistic, a complete understanding of the environment that you are dealing with. You have to protect, let's say, the different layers of uh, the environment. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, we have uh, several strategies to do this. We have strong defenses to, to do this. And we, we, we use what we call uh, uh, defense intent. Yeah. And then in that uh, strategy, we look into the defense of the different layers of the infrastructure, like starting with the connection or the interconnectivity of the devices. So this is what we call the network security. Later on, we uh, look into the uh, integrity of the data. We looked at the products and the software included in our products are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And we test that all the time, not only during the development uh, piece uh, uh, of time, but as well through the production and later on during the time that uh, our different customers are using. Okay, as a former hacker, I would say it's almost bulletproof, but I don't believe that it's bulletproof because the systems are getting so complex. If we're stepping in all these interconnections in industries and stuff like that. Um, so uh, it seems to me that we are getting many opportunities for hackers to step in and change the integrity. I am up absolutely with you. This is a rather complex uh, task to do. And uh, let me tell you what we do. Mm -hmm. First of all, we uh, make transparent the vulnerabilities of, of the products. So we have to make sure that we understand which vulnerabilities do we have. And we also have to understand which of those vulnerabilities have more risk. So they are, in fact, some kind of vulnerabilities that will have more risk. Okay. Uh, those, those vulnerabilities have more risk because in those cases, the attackers can have with remote access. Mm -hmm. uh, access to the software or to the information. So those are the kind of worst vulnerabilities that we could have. Mm -hmm. And then we pay special attention to those, making sure that we fix or we close those vulnerabilities with the needed updates on the software. So we also make sure that the customers know them, that they know the priority or mm -hmm. the risk of, of those uh, vulnerabilities and that they are ready to uh, fix those with what we call patches and updates of the software. So this is this is what we do. Nothing is bullet to point. Actually, what we do mm. is a risk-based approach. So we mitigate as soon as possible the vulnerabilities with the major and the highest risk. So this means that you need to react fast. And there is a concept out there which is called CERT, Computer Emergency Response Teams. And even Siemens say has that for its product. So it's called Product Cert. And I had an interview with Klaus Lukas from the Siemens Product Cert, and he tells us a little bit more about his role. You can imagine that Siemens Product Cert is like a fire brigade for our products with a 24-7 staff on duty and the incident handler care about incoming reports. So researchers can report any issue, security issue in one of our products, ranging from energy management systems, industrial equipments, building technologies, up to health, health devices. And our incident handling team then coordinates the effort, the development. And finally, we issue an advisory on our webpage, providing information to our customers, how they can handle the issue. Being a firefighter for closing vulnerabilities and to help customers, it's a nice picture to me. And um, even it looks like, me. well, we are living in times where we need certs and firefighters. So 
coming back to the question, like what can we do if we detect sabotage or what are the impacts of sabotage? Um, so let me assume everything is failing. <laughs> so how does it look like from an industrial level? How does sabotage look like from this kind of attacks in industry? To answer that question, let me give you a good example. And uh, it's actually documented in a lot of good movies that they are around. Yeah. Uh, one, of the, one of them is called Zero Day. And, uh, and uh, let, me, let me pick up on Stuxnet uh, happening to you 10 years ago in 2010. In that kind of attack, the programs that were, uh, those programs were modified. Mm -hmm. They were modified with a malware, mm -hmm. and that malware was using some of the vulnerabilities in the in the products. In this case, in the controllers, in the Siemens controllers. Yeah, yeah. And um, that was done without those controllers having any connection at all with the network. So in that case, the attackers using what we call now social engineering got access to the devices, download the malware, and the malware did the risk. Mm. And uh, those devices start to fail without anyone knowing what was the reason for them to fail. And this is why sabotage is so, so dangerous mm. because it, you, you, don't, you don't see that it's not that something is being stolen or something is missing or some information or some money. But uh, the integrity of the data has been compromised. Now, therefore, it's, it's such a complex matter, and this is what prevents me from sleeping at night, is because you have to constantly monitor and detect any kind of behavior that is different from the normal behavior that you will have uh, <laughs> yeah. in, in a production site in this yeah. case. Yeah. So... Uh, I don't know, like someone typing the password five times or three times, and you will you will have to monitor that and ask yourself why is this happening? I mean, is this normally normal or not? I mean, even that can give you a clue of a potential attack. Um, so you have to understand as well the whole production process because I repeat in this case, this was done by First of all, social engineering by getting access to those devices and then downloading a, a malware. So you have to understand the whole, the whole production process, the, uh, the TOT uh, environment so that you can protect the different layers and, uh, and monitor the, the right, the right things so that you can get advice mm -hmm. properly and on time. And um, I think Stuxnet was like a shake in the industry yeah. because it was the first time when the industry got aware of these types of attacks um, that they are possible on any industrial infrastructure. And um, even what I liked is that Siemens and you and the team, you took your lessons learned and you're talking rather frankly and transparent of this attack. Which leads me even to the question like, I mean, this is all about complexity and what is the role of transparency and how do we, uh, you talk about this kind of attacks and how do we take the right lessons learned of it? Yeah, absolutely, Mirko. I, 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 
I think we learn a lot from Stuxnet. Uh, uh, I will repeat that never miss a good crisis. And this was a crisis because <laughs> yeah. Siemens products were involved in, into that uh, incident. Yeah. And uh, what we learn is, of course, that we have to be very transparent about what vulnerabilities are included in the in the software. So you know that uh, vulnerabilities are uh, are part of software. So you cannot avoid having them because they are actually the misuse of certain functionalities that are programming the, the software. So you cannot avoid mm-hmm. having them. And mm-hmm. therefore we have a team, very, very, a very mm-hmm. intelligent team uh, that is all the time testing the product. So you heard what uh, Klaus Lucas was saying about it. Yeah. And uh, of course, we have a compromise to have transparency on those vulnerabilities and tell the customers here, we have found these vulnerabilities. In some cases, uh, we also, together with the, uh, with the uh, publishment uh, of those vulnerabilities, we also make the needed software or the needed update available to the customer so that they can fix that immediately. Yeah. And in some cases, we take some time to develop the fixes. And then, of course, we let we let our customers know because mm-hmm. in that case, they can get to know their own risks and they can plan for it. Uh, so this is uh, this is what we do. So, yes. And I think don't forget the hacker communities because what everything what you're doing, let's say, careful German engineering on cybersecurity, you need to get creative people who are hacking your systems in a way you never will think of. And um, this is about collaboration with the hacker community. And this is important. And I have asked Klaus Lukas about that. So how is Siemens working together with the hacker community? So we appreciate the researchers' effort for reporting vulnerabilities because they put a lot of effort in into finding these vulnerabilities. And from our point of view, they are really the good ones. <clears throat> we give credits in our advisories. And as well, we have a hold of thanks on our webpage where we um, credit their efforts and appreciate that. Basically, security is always a community effort. And we are also actively participating in the security community on the one hand side in security conferences, unfortunately not this year with the COVID times, but um, basically we are very present there in order to have a very close contact to our security researcher community and also <clears throat> to um, have the interaction with them um, because we, we appreciate their work. So, wow. Yes. Um, I mean, to be honest, I like that Siemens is really open to talk with people and with hackers. And um, cybersecurity is something we need to do in collaboration. So when I look into a sabotage, and now let's do a future outlook, what I often see is that in terms of attacks, that companies who are attacked, they need weeks, months, even years to detect that there was a sabotage inside their systems. So. How can we speed up that detection? Well, by using technology, and, and you are right, Mirko. I mean, in average, some companies 
take 18 months to discover uh, an act of, of sabotage, 18 months. And uh, if the, the way to speed up the process of, um, of detecting one, one of these uh, incidents is by, by investing in technology, Obviously, the use of artificial intelligence is extremely important. So you have to collect a lot of data, a lot of information, logs coming from the devices, but as well coming from the different sensors mm -hmm. that we are installing all over the place to collect data. And once you have the data, of course, you have to correlate that and you have to look for patterns that can give you information about something is not going in the normal way. Uh, and, and if you want to do that fast, you have to apply technology. And of course, artificial intelligence is, is, is uh, a tool mm. that, that we are using already to make a detection of anomalies in the different environments, in that case, in the industrial environment. Mm. So the same is being done by the attackers. I mean, artificial intelligence is not only available for us companies, but uh, as well to the attackers. And, and uh, the uh, the attackers are not only very intelligent, but they have uh, a lot of uh, resources. They uh, they use technology very very fast. So th therefore, it's <laughs> inevitable. This is an arms race. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, yes. I think there's a lot of great creativity out there in the tech space, isn't it? it? Is. And, um, and less ruled sometimes on using new technologies. So they are quite fast on adopting. Yeah. I think we have seen the first application of artificial intelligence as well on botnets and stuff like that. So arms race is a good point. So how can we win this arms race? <laughs> well, we have to speed up in the development of uh, cybersecurity solutions. We are committed to do that. Because we are almost at the end of the podcast. And even I know um, that because I'm well involved in some research projects in cybersecurity, and I see always people from Siemens in the projects all around. So I know there's a lot of awareness and a lot of activities out there uh, as well on research and future approaches. Thank you very much. And I've learned a lot about sabotage. Hopefully, I will be not in the focus as you. <laughs> But to the audience, if you like the podcast, give us a rating, give us a comment. And I'm looking forward to talk with you, Natalia, on our next episode and topics. So... Thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you, Mirko. Bye. Securing Digitalization, the Siemens Cybersecurity Podcast. Siemens, ingenuity for life.